Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll and powered by Geico. And speaking of powered, I've got a special treat for you today. Probably the biggest guests I've had from a, from a worldwide pop culture icon standpoint. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers who are so big, uh, they didn't just need their own episode. They also needed their own sponsor and their own day. That's why this special rockin' episode of Talk is Jericho is dropping on a Monday and it's brought to you by our fellow rock fans, Geico. So who's getting all the special treatment? Of course, I'm talking about ACDC, man. Angus Young and Brian Johnson are here. I can hardly believe it myself. Thanks to uh, Stacey Parra, my great producer, for working on this. We finally made it happen, and I'm so excited. And remember, if you don't have the new ACDC album yet, you need to go get it. Power Up. Uh, it's probably their best record. Some people are saying since Back in Black. I'm saying at least uh, since uh, Razor's Edge. Power Up came out a couple weeks ago, hit number one in 18 countries. I think it's the best ACDC uh, record in years for sure, like I said. And you can get it at acdc.com. But without further ado, let's get to Angus Young and Brian Johnson. ACDC rocking right here, right now on Talk is Jericho. Thanks to Geico. How are you, Ang? Everything all right, you son? Yeah, yeah, still here. Yeah. Still on stage. Uh, yeah, that was great. That was interesting the other day. Uh, doing that video thing. <laughs> you know, with that little ball in front of you that can travel in. Well, it doesn't travel. Yeah, yeah, it. Oh, it R2D2s. Yeah, that's the fuck. That's the shit. It was great stuff. I, I, I was- Are you talking about the video for Demon Fire, the new video? Yeah, we did. We we did some for that and some for uh, various other ones. Realize, not uh-huh. It's the new way of making videos now, right? Because we're all scattered around the world, so you have to use the yeah. technology to make them. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They quarantine you, uh, whatever yeah. that uh, that means. They put you <laughs> with the animal pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come in the dog pound. He's small enough, you know. <laughs> But this is the new way of the, the new way of communication now, and it's also the new way of doing press. Back in the old days, you'd pick up the phone and call. Now you all have to be all ma- uh, makeuped up and have your hair all nice and combed and get yeah, on to see each other. Hollywood makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Not since Frankenstein have you got something this this used. We, we got a memo, and it said, "Turn up in black." No jets, <laughs> no stripes, <laughs> and, uh, and no friggin' logos. <laughs> I, I walked in the door ready to rub. <laughs> but you, you guys have been doing so much press because ACDC is, is, is uh, uh, notorious for being very quiet and being close to the vest. But for this record, you guys have and been now everywhere. <laughs> How has that been for you, though, Angus? Doing so much talking, you usually don't do it this much. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I've got a little club in the back that winds me up. Yeah, it's it's unusual. Yeah, because normally you know you make a record and then you get out and then you start strumming away on a stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it all kind of everything kind of goes hand in hand that way. And we were we were prepared to do that. We were gearing up before. Uh, before that pandemic uh, thing, right? We were we we actually had been rehearsing, and uh, so when we'd done 
a few weeks of uh, rehearsal and uh, so we were ready 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 and rolling and you know we were just waiting on a you know to see the where we would, you know, we were just going to do a few shows and see where we would actually play, mm-hmm. yeah. rather than the big rehearsal. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. But th- this is kind of the, 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 I guess, the new way of touring, shall we say, because you released the new record. So in order to promote it, now we have to actually sit down and, and talk about it. That's right, yeah. yeah. We have to dream up new adjectives and <laughs> adverbs and whatever and... Not say words we can't say, you know. Yeah. Like hello, you know. <laughs> I've just become one big vowel movement. All right. <laughs> Ex- you got to exercise those vowels, Brian. Yeah. Yes, and, sir. Yes, and sir. don't leave out the consonants <laughs> and commas and-, and commas and punctuation and all that stuff. <laughs> That's yeah. Right. But you guys, you, you, you guys recorded this record a couple of years ago. Yeah. So why did you release it now and not wait another six months or six months earlier, for example? It was really down to, uh, well, at the beginning, you know, when the pandemic thing, we were actually hoping that we'd have been out um, earlier. Mm-hmm. So we were gearing up, gearing up for an earlier release. But then, you know, when that, when that struck, it threw everything out of, the, out, out of sync. Yeah? Right. Thing was out of whack. So it, it, we will basically, um, you know, our record company had said, well, we'll need to, you know, obviously put a hold on everything. So we really depended on them to see what they, they want to do. They gave us the word that, uh, you know, this would probably be the best time, which was strange. Maybe, maybe they were hoping, yeah, we, we don't want people to see them. <laughs> 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 but it was it was such a great surprise though because this has been such a strange year and at the very end of it here comes this secret announcement of the new ACDC record with the old school billboards and posters on you know in front of your old high school and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You're like you're like the last band that does it. The school I didn't attend. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they were blessed and so was I. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right. But people are excited about kind of ACDC saving 2020 by putting out a new record. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that, well, that was a good, good, uh, good surprise, you know, and it, you know, hopefully, you know, tied people over until, you know, we, we get the word where, uh, you know, everything gets back to, hopefully it gets back mm-hmm. to the, yeah. you know, the old way of life. So the Power Up album is out now and available at acdc.com. And I'm sure our friends at Geico are ordering a copy right now, Angus. <laughs> Let me ask you, was it hard to sit on this record for so long, knowing that it was ready to go? Um, yeah, well, well, Brian Brian can say it. Uh, well, for me, it was just, you know, when you know you've got something that you're proud of, like, you know, that you've done and... Uh, it's obvious you want people to listen to it, <laughs> and uh, that's what that's what we do, you know. And then just sitting on your hands for like like a year and a half, God, that's it's terrible, frustrating. Now I'm as happy as a bee. I'm jumping around <laughs> doing all kinds of stupid shit uh, <laughs> because I don't have to pretend. Mm-hmm. And we didn't make a record, you know. When people asking all the time, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so it's a big weight of of the shoulders when you get it out, and I'm so happy with the way it went. Everybody's been fantastic and positive, you know, and uh, we're just loving it, <laughs> enjoying it as well. Well, it really is, and you've heard it, and you don't need me to say it, but it's it's, it's probably the best record that I've heard from you guys in, in a good thirty years. And 
once again, oh so uh, welcomed and thank you so much for putting it out in this time frame. But the thing I really love about it, and, and you guys have discussed it many times, so we don't need to get into it, is the fact that, that Malcolm uh, not only is with the band in spirit, as he always would be, but contributed uh, the riffs uh, or some of the riffs that you had written with him, Angus, over the years. Um, was making this record for you guys similar to making Back in Black after Bon Scott passed away, where you really had a different mindset to do something of, uh, of a tribute almost, Angus? Yeah, well, you do, uh, you know, I guess and Malcolm himself was always somebody who, you know, he battled all, you know, through a, a, you know a lot of a lot of crisis, tragedy, and in uh, the way he did it, it was always, you know, he, you know, he would, he was he'd such a strong personality, you know, we, even after Bond Bond's death, you know, he, um, you know, he called me up and he said. Hey, we, you know, what do you do? And I'm just saying, well, I'm just sitting at home moping away, you know, in a bit of a downer. And he said, well, we'll just get out there and uh, do what we were doing before, which was, you know, making songs. And mm -hmm. uh, so the two of us just went and went, you know, away and started working. And that's how we we dealt with it. And uh, that that got us through. And then it was then up to the point where we decided what, what we were going to do because we didn't know whether we would – continue as ACDC or what. We didn't know what was the future. So it was a, a, just a good way of, uh, you know, getting through that whole whole period. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty, it pretty much the same, you know, with uh, Malcolm's not being there. It was, you know, I put his hat on and say, well, what would he do? And I, and I, I just, I instantly knew, well, Malcolm would battle on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would, would would continue forward. Yeah. Right. I think it's one of those things too that that a lot of people didn't realize over the years that Malcolm really was the driving force of the band because you're out front being Angus Young and Brian's out front being the front man. Malcolm's always back at the amps, you know, but he was kind of the guy that that called a lot of the shots for you guys. Yeah, he was the uh, the, the commander in chief, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was the commodore. <laughs> you know? uh, <laughs> have, there was a guy who used to work for us, and uh, he used to always come in every night, and we go just before we get on stage, and we'd always say, "Hey, commodore, you know, we got X amount of extra tickets. Can we release them?" And you know, <laughs> it'd be a whole story, you know. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, thanks, Commodore. And then he, one night he come in and he said, uh, hey, Angus, we, we got some extra tickets and stuff. He said, so, Commodore, should we release them and whatnot? And I said, yeah. And then he, he turned to Mal and he said, oh, Commander. And he goes, hey, we got some extra tickets. And he starts giving him the whole spill. And I went, wait a minute. And I said, I thought I, thought I was the Commodore. Said, yeah, you're the Commodore, but he's the Commander-in-Chief. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he outranked you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Brian, when you came into ACDC at that point in time, did Malcolm have any any uh, like kind of rules? And the reason why I say that is as as a lead singer, as a front man, it's always your job to you know to work the crowd, as we say. But but Bon and yourself, and even when Axel was in the band, the, the singer doesn't say a lot. There's no there's not a lot of banter in between the songs. It's all about the music. Was that a Malcolm directive? Uh, basically, uh, well, Malcolm, you know, just took us to a side uh, and, and just said, you know, listen, we don't talk in between the songs. <laughs> uh, and I said, oh, well, he said, 
just just pretend. <laughs> <laughs> just don't say anything. And I said, oh, really? I said, can I say hello after the first song? He said, once. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, he just said, they've come for the music. Hmm. You know, and, uh, and I always remember that. And he was deadly serious, but it, it was right. And, and as for the front man, it was great for me because Angus was mm. always at the front. And whenever I finished a verse and a chorus, I would always stand, get back and stand next to Malcolm, you know. And it was, and we did for 36 years because Malcolm was the same. Malcolm would never go forward unless it was absolutely necessary, like a chorus. <laughs> you know, and, he, and, and even then, as soon as he finished, you know, ah, back uh, out of there as fast as he could, back to where he was, he could keep an eye on stuff and, and continue. The only time I ever saw him do come forward was really, um, uh, I think, uh, when we did that Zars show in, up in. Oh, yeah, with the Stones. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They did that and, and we'd only, I think they had said we had 55 minutes or something, you know, because there was a lot of acts on, they wanted to keep the show yeah. going. So Malcolm said, well, you better get us a clock. And they came with this huge big round. It looked like they... <laughs> That's right, I remember. <laughs> and, uh, and it was huge. He put it right next to him on the stage. And when it was getting near the time, <laughs> he actually walked forward with the clock. <laughs> And he was holding it to me. Time's up, number one. <laughs> yeah, time's up. That's <laughs> oh, too long. Yeah? How, about, how about when it came to, I mean, the, you guys, the ACDC is famous for the, the, the Hell's Bell and a whole lot of Rosie, the giant Rosie, and of course the cannons for those about to rock. Was a lot of those Malcolm's ideas as well? Yeah, well, uh, some of the, the, especially when we had the cannons and stuff, yeah. Mm -hmm. But the bell, the bell came basically, you know, uh, it's really from the song title, Hell's Bells, and actually when we had recorded it, you know, I had said, you know, uh, it, it might be cool if we could get a natural bell sound on it. And, um, you know, when, first off, when you mention this, <laughs> Those kind of ideas, you get a lot of people kind of look at you and go, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I said, well, you never know. I said, you know, we don't know about the album. And you, I said, and there's a lot of people out there like Pink Floyd. They've got a hell of a lot of effects going on. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I said, so let's get that bell on. <laughs> I remember, Angus, can you remember when they tried to get the sound for it, for the actual record? And I think it was Tony Platt. That's had right. A, yeah. Had a claim wow. of a church steeple with these right. <laughs> yeah. and, and yeah, yeah, a I, heard a lot of I heard also we had somewhere where there was tons of cows around everywhere, but they had a great bell. And then he, he went to a great effort to get it recorded and uh, and at the end of it, they, they, it wasn't the, the right note, so they had to actually get a bell cast at the end to get yeah. the right Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Make your own bell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love all these stories about Malcolm. I've always been very intrigued by him. And I've got a couple more I want to ask you about. But before I do, i got to say thank you to the sponsor who's making this special episode possible, talking about Geico. 
Do you own or rent your home? I'm sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. But you know what's easy is bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your house. Just go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. I love hearing these Malcolm stories because I've always been kind of very intrigued by him and, and all of the stuff that he accomplished. But let's talk about Malcolm as, as a fighter because there's a lot of great stories over the years about Malcolm getting into a fight with Geezer Butler or Malcolm getting into a fight with some other guys. Are these stories true? Was he a pretty scrappy lad? No, not really. Okay. Uh, he was just, you know, when we're growing up, you know, you, you grow up in, you know, like, a, you know, like in your local neighborhood and stuff, you know. And that he was just somebody, you know, you couldn't, if somebody was looking for trouble, but they, they picked on the wrong guy, you know what right. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> because he, he acted quick and he acted very fast. You know? And, uh, but the thing with Geezer Butler was, you know, I, I think it was, I think they were drinking one night and um, I think Geezer was, had some knife or something he was flashing out. <laughs> And of course, he, he flashed it at Malcolm. Malcolm took it off, you know, because there's the old there's a trick of that getting knives away from people. So Malcolm immediately did did that and held it in his hand. He said, "What are you going to do now?" <laughs> 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 so it was a, just a, a case of that. But uh, Malcolm thought, you know, he woke up the next day and felt bad about it. So he thought, well, because we were opening for him, we were touring for Europe. And uh, he thought, I better go and, you know, you know, say sorry about the night before. And when he went there, he bumped into Ozzy, you know, and, and he was, and Ozzy said, what are you doing here? You know? And uh, Mal says, oh, yeah, I can't, you know, I had a bit of a run with the geezer and he's, that, you know, and he's nice. And, he, and Ozzy says, him and that stupid fucking nice. <laughs> he said, no, don't apologize to him. Mal. Tell him to fuck off. <laughs> oh, oh, that's Malcolm. <laughs> yeah. So the new ACDC record is called Power Up, and you can get it at acdc.com. We're celebrating the album's release with Angus Young and Brian Johnson. Big thanks to Geico for making this episode possible. Uh, I want to talk about Stevie Young and how important it is for him to be filling in for Malcolm. Those are some huge uh, shoes to fill, and he's done a great job. Yeah, Stevie, yeah. You know, I mean, because he, he, he grew up playing like Mal. So, he, you know, he's, that was how he, he really got into, you know, getting, getting his guitar together. And uh, so he more or less just tuned into how Mal, Mal would play, you know. So, mm. And it's very, it, it's a, it is a unique style, you know, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of guitarists out there like myself, you know, who play a lot of lead notes and, you know, and they try to be flashy and stuff, you know. And uh, so finding somebody who's just a solid guy on a, on a rhythm guitar and plays it with such a distinct style, is, you know, they're very rare and unique, you know, you only get it. You only get a handful of those type of players in the world. You know, you get mm. people like um, Richard, Dyke Turner, you know, and I'm trying to think back. Steve Cropper, great, yeah. great. Yeah, I think the guy, um, the two brothers, uh, is, is it Ray, Stevie Ray Vaughan, the late 
Stevie yes, Ray. Jimmy, and Stevie Ray and Jimmy Ray, yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy Vaughan, Jimmy yeah. Vaughan, you know. So, but they're a rare unit, you know. Um, oh, Pete Townsend, of course. Of course. But in that style, so that's the style Stevie aimed for, you know. And uh, you know, Malcolm had his own thing going, very, you know, distinct. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's just a, a, you know, a unique, unique, unique way of playing. And Stevie was, you know, that was what his, you know, his Bible was. I've got to learn to get, they're the, the, the chops I want to know. <laughs> so, you know, really, and he'd filmed in for Mal in 88, yeah. And, uh, and he done, and it was Malcolm who got him in. He said, you know, he'll help while I go and get myself rehab, you know. Right. And Stevie, um, and he'd been gigging in his own bands for a while, so. And he came in and did a great job, and uh, so it was really obvious, you know, that we, you know, if you were going to look anywhere, I, you know, I'd get Stevie in first because you know just that style of playing. Because ACDC is such a machine too, it's such a rhythm machine uh, that that it's very. Hard. I, I was always laughing back when I was a kid, and people were like, oh yeah, you know, you can play ACDC, and it's like, no, you can't, because there's a real groove, and you got to be locked in, and you really have to understand. Rhythm yeah. and musicianship to get that. Yeah, look, I, I've been doing it all this all this time now. And I'm still learning. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is. It's a. It's it's its own thing. Yeah, you've got to. Yeah, yeah sure. You know, our job is, and my older brother told me this. My my brother George, who produced a lot of our early stuff, he said the real art is making the complex simple. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what we always aim for. And, and, and once again, kind of along those lines, having Phil Rudd return, how, yeah. how important is that? Because you've had a lot of, you know, Chris Slade is a friend of mine, did a great job and Simon Wright, but there is no, there's only one Phil Rudd. There really is. Yeah. yeah. You know, we go back a long time and uh, Phil is just, he naturally, that's his style. He plays like that. You know, uh, it's just, you know, he instantly gets behind the kid and, uh, yeah, he, he just, that's how it comes out, you know. Uh, you don't have to really direct. You know. There might be the odd intro or something you might want to change in a song or do something. And uh, But apart from, from from that, when he just sits on that, that beat, you know, he sits on it, you know. <laughs> uh, Brian, you agreed with that? Uh, yeah, I love, I, I just love Phil. And, you know, He's got this exterior that's like cool and hard, <laughs> but he's just the nicest fella. He give uh, Dirty Harry a run for his money. He's <laughs> <laughs> just—I've just found him to be funny. He's one of the funniest blokes in the world. If you listen to him, he's—you know, you know what I mean, Angus. What he's going? Yeah, very dry. <laughs> very dry humor, and he just gets up behind them drums. And it just looks effortless. Mm. You know what I mean? It just looks like he's, he's got a f- cigarette. He does, yeah. His <laughs> and it's like nothing's happening. It's just, you know, it's just, he's right on the punch every time. You know, it just gives you a kick in the ass. You know? <laughs> he's brilliant. He always had a great saying. I remember when I was young and you were playing some clubs and a lot of, you know, you got, you got some good guys, you know, like, you know, you know, club managers and other, <laughs> and be the, the odd one, the odd ones or two. You know that you, you know, that, you know that you, you would kind of not recommend. Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And I remember somebody said something about one of these guys one night, and Phil, Phil just turned around and just, yeah, 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 lower than shark shit. That <laughs> <laughs> <I> was Phil. <laughs> Well, um, you know, it's interesting because I think Malcolm said one time or somebody was saying, you know, ACDC's made the same record, you know, 12 times. And Malcolm said, no, you're wrong. It's 13 times. Um, not great, great story, but not necessarily the truth. But what I find about ACDC, and I'll ask you guys about this. If there was a giant party and there was rappers there and people who liked, you know, uh, you know, ska music and there was dance music people and there was rockers and there was punk music people the band that i would always stick on that would uh, please everybody is acdc the sound That's is universal nice. it really is yeah. why i mean i don't even know if you guys can even put a a, a a word to it but why why is acdc so universal to basically everybody yeah it's it, I'd love to know. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell us, Angus, so we can all do it. <laughs> yeah, over to you, Hank. <laughs> I, I think it's that if you can do something and do it, you know, you know, and do it, you know, with conviction and confidence, and and plus the, you know, it it's that thing. My 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 older brother George, as you saw, said, you know, if you've got a groove and you've got that going, and you've got the, yeah. the feeling of. And uh, and he said, it, and as long he said, even look, if you were doing a you know a verse or something in a song, you know, he just say you keep that simple. He says, and then when you come with your you know your chorus, your hook, as he would get, he go, you hit him with all you got, yeah. But it was mainly it's always that we've been really lucky that you know. We, we make we've made a lot of you know songs, uh, but you know we've been lucky that we're, where we really strike a, a note with you know with a lot of people that we get to strike a chord. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's because there's no message. It, there's no hidden message. There's no agenda in the yeah. music. There's no politics. It's yeah, it's yeah, music. It's, it's just music, and yeah. you know, and if you know if you can tap your foot to it and have a yeah. little bit of that, you know. And people go on about lyrics and whatnot, you know. A lot of lyrics, you, you, it's usually good, good words that you can sing and you can sing with, you know, and try and make it sound real, you know. Hey, wop, bop, loop, bop, 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 Let's figure that one out. Go on. Tutti frutti. Yeah, figure that out. Well, figure out. One I saw the other day, I who was it? It was a song that it was something like do 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 da da. The police. Uh, the, yeah, the police. The da da da. And I thought he, he must have yeah. been he must have been playing. You know, came up with that idea when strumming to sheep or something. <laughs> <laughs> As you How do. about young? Another bird a hound dog. There you go. <laughs> Figure that one out. That's right. Brilliant. You can sing it. It's rock and roll. Who gives a flying fart? <laughs> it's yeah. rock and roll, man. Absolutely. You have a lot of that, though, on the new record. I, I, I love you've done, like, realize it's got, ah, and through the mist of time. And there's a lot of, you've always got those, ah, 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 and you have that, Brian. You're almost singing differently on this record than you have in the past. It sounds really good. A little bit different. There's some different tricks on there. I don't know, man. Uh, I just went and then. Did the usual thing. What well, we have explained before that there was a special presence there in a studio, you know, with the, you know, with a Malcolm 
being gone and all of that. And we're all shooting and rooting. And I probably like back in black, but it was no game plan. Nobody said, right, this time, come on. It was mm. the same as we always do. But I, I don't know, it's maybe, you know, it's sometimes as you get older, you get a bit more bluesy. Yeah. Because you can't help it. It's just you've lived life, you know. Mm-hmm. It's hard to sing the blues when you're 15. And say, you know, my baby left me. What do you mean, your fucking baby left me? I still in your mother's tit, you know. Uh, so, I don't know, you know, just the feelings that were going through, thinking I would never be in this position ever again in my life. And then there was, you know, you just, I don't know, you drink it all in and you spit it all out, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so... And yeah, I enjoyed it, you know. And when you're in a studio, you, you've got that in, environment. It's something, yeah. even when Malcolm used to always, always say to me, you know, here we are again, back in the box, you know. No. <laughs> 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 you never left, you know. It's, it's yeah. almost like you get on, a, you've gotten on some, you know, you've gotten on a ship somewhere, and, you know, what's that <laughs> flying Dutchman? You've gotten on that ship and you go, here I am again. No. <laughs> yeah. You guys did a Twitter question and answer, and Geico didn't get to ask a question, but I did. I mentioned River Plate, and you answered the question, Brian, uh, about just that crowd and how insane live at River Plate is. Uh, as as a, you know, and sometimes I like to have a couple of vodkas late at night, Brian, and I like to put on River Plate and just watch this fucking great concert with this crazy crowd. It, it, I think it was probably for me, and I well, you know, for oh, the whole band, probably one of the most heart stopping moments. You know, when you look out. Crazy band. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was just. I mean, I think we paid them money. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was fantastic. And I remember the bit which I've seen a lot of when me and Angus on Rock and Roll Train walk up that walkway and we just look like we're surrounded. By, I don't know what, but just some aliens going, you're fucked, <laughs> you know. And we were up there and trying to, well, I was, you know, trying to keep as professional as possible and don't it, but you couldn't help but notice. I mean, just. I know, that, and, and, and there's a thing in there with a jumbo jet comes flying in, and, and when, yeah. I, <laughs> when I was on stage and playing away, and I went, hey, they've spared no expense for this. <laughs> Man, <laughs> that good shit. It was yeah, like one event. one life Bigger force. Go ahead, Angus. Oh, no, I was just talking about that that, that scene. You know? well, of the people jumping up and down in unison, like 10,000 people on the floor or whatever it was. Hey. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, sometimes, and Brian will tell you this, whenever, sometimes you go to a show and uh, it's almost – you're going in there and you can feel the energy coming from the crowd straight away. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And it's, I, I would say, now we're going to go spoil it and get on stage. <laughs> 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 having a ball before we get there. <laughs> it's like you go in, you're going to go on the stage and you go, oh, they're already singing and chanting and everything. Right, yeah. let's, and, let, let's not ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Let's get on and catch up. <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> 
Is is that one of the the craziest shows you've ever played? Do other ones come to mind that were in that uh, vein? Yeah, uh, well, you I get so. yeah, you get you know the odd place, you know, and a lot of times that's usually you know sometimes you're playing somewhere and you know the crowd goes you know goes bananas and you uh, you know you, you wish you had the film crew there mm. or you wish you had pe- people there to record it. You know, that's probably the story of our life. <laughs> 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 you know, where was that camera crew when I needed them? You know? <laughs> yeah. They were there that night. Yeah. We lost a, a, another great guitar hero this year, Angus, in, in Eddie Van Halen. I, mm. I think at one point in the late 70s, early 80s, Van Halen and ACDC were the two biggest rock and roll bands in the world and might still very much be. Did you have a lot of interaction with Eddie? Did you guys ever meet up or play together at all? Um, yeah. 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 We, got, we played... I'm trying to think back. Was it was uh, Eddie four Ang? I Eddie two the first. Yeah, it was, yeah, we were on in in Europe. They did, yeah, they did these you know festival shows you know, like Monsters of uh, uh, Monsters of Rock, you know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, we were on and and they were on. So it was like we were co-head the two of us together. So we were co-headlining it through you know we did a lot of dates through Europe and. Uh, and, and as Brian said, yeah, the, the, that big big festival at the time was that Donning Donington mm-hmm. Monsters of Rock. And uh, yeah, I remember once actually when Brian just joined, uh, you know, when we were just not long, uh, you know, we'd done the album and we'd been rehearsing in London, and uh, and they happened to, you know, they happened to be in London, and he called, you know got a telephone call in the middle of the night. I just got back, was tired, went and started to sleep. My wife picked up the phone and she's talking away and she's talking Dutch on the phone. So oh. I think it must be somebody from home, you know. And, uh, and it was uh, uh, Eddie was on the phone and then she passed the phone to me. <laughs> she said to me, so it's Eddie and I'm going, Eddie the fuck who? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's on, he's on the phone going, hey man, you're, you're a really bad motherfucker. And all this. And I'm going, yeah, but it's fucking two in the morning. <laughs> Can't I be bad, you know, like that breakfast? <laughs> so Eddie, Anyhow, he told me, you know, he said they were gigging there, you know, and, and he was asking if I'd come down. And I said, well, we would, we were asking to rehearse. And I said, so I said, if I don't make it there, I'm sure we will hook up somewhere. And, uh, but it was at, there at the Donington, he come, you know, he came in just before we were going on stage. And, uh, and I was in there and I had my little school suit on and everything. And then he come in and he was, you know, he was just all charm and, uh, you know, full of warmth. Give me a big hug. Uh, yeah, happy to see me. And, uh, you know, because at yeah. first I was a bit shocked. I've got this guy going, you know, because he, he's talking like, you crazy motherfucker. He's <laughs> hugging you. He's <laughs> hugging me. Uh, <laughs> and I've got uh, of the hands. He's a surgeon, man. <laughs> uh, he's a good egg. He, he was always funny and, and – yeah. And it's sad because last time, you know, that, uh, you know, he came when, when we were in, in L.A., when we came out and we were doing the Black Ice tour and uh, he actually, he, he came down the show and there he was, same as ever, big hug, big war and, and big smile. So that's, you know, 
as a person, I, I always, you know, he was just warm and he was funny, you know. And he loved, you know, and like with Mal, he was there <laughs> with Mal. Because he did, he did, on that tour, he would go out and they'd go out to a couple of clubs and have a few drinks and stuff. You know. mm. Go with Brian, hook up and have a game of darts. You know, <laughs> you know he loved all that stuff, you know. Yeah. You know, uh, it's interesting, too, because you got two of the biggest guitar heroes of the modern era, if not the two, and you guys both have completely different styles to where Eddie was the king of, of the double yeah. tapping and the shredding. And you'll, yeah. you, you'll stick with one note for five minutes if you can, which is another yeah. great way of playing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it is, it is a, a, a different game, you know. But, uh, you know, I, I always, you know, for me, it was always, you know, I was always put in the place, you know, you did what the song required. You know. It's Geico genius, though. Yeah, if the song said, you know, one note or 50, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, when, when I met Keith Richards once, I told him about a solo that he played and he, and he did the same thing. He said, well, just pick a, pick a good note and make sure you stick with it, but make sure it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, there is only 12, you know. I mean, <laughs> I've seen some people go, how can I cram the whole 12 at once? No, no. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's a great yeah. there's, there's a great clip online of, of you and Malcolm playing with the Rolling Stones, uh, yeah. a blues tune called Rock Me Baby, which is which is amazing. How did that ever come about? Um, I, I think it's the first time we ever got uh, – the Stones had been in uh, Australia – and uh, anyhow, uh, it was during the day. And again, me and Malcolm were doing what we always did. We were sitting there in his little studio, you know, you know, hammering away, trying to get tunes together. And uh, there's a, a stage manager guy who called us up who was doing their tour. And, and uh, he, he said, uh, you know, well, Keith wants you to come down, you know, because they were rehearsing. Mm -hmm. you know? And Malcolm said, well, uh, yeah, well, let them rehearse, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then, we, we, you know, what time are they? They were playing. They were going to do a, a small theater thing, you know, to open up their tour. Right. And anyhow, he, he said, we'll, we'll go down. We'll, so the two of me and him went down that night and uh, and we got there and uh, I think it was Ron Wood who grabbed us and said, oh, come, you know, keep, keep waiting to see you. So he, he took his in and Keith, I've never met, never met Mal, I've never met him before. And he was all excited to see it, so, you know. And, uh, you know, and he was just, he is Keith, Keith Richards. He is very funny, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, it's almost, yeah. well, him and, and, and if you see Jaggers, the same, you know, they're, they're kind of almost parodies of what, I don't know what you call that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> They are who you think they are. They, they, that's how they naturally are. They talk like that. They act like that. <laughs> and anyhow, uh, what happened was, you know, uh, you know, we, me and Mal said, well, we'll, we'll let you get ready. And uh, we, we, we were just sitting out the back on a couple of uh, flight cases. And uh, Keith came out and he said, uh, he walks over and he goes, <laughs> uh, We'll get you on. We'll get you a couple of guitars. Ronnie, uh, get get your guy to get him. Get the guy some guitars, you know. And he says, uh, "Rock me, baby." He goes, you know, we'll we'll get our guy to come and get you, and you know, and you get on. You know, it's it's easy, he goes. It's in C. You'll pick it up. You know? <laughs> so uh, 
that's how we ended up, uh, you know, getting on stage with them, yeah. But, uh, and I think the one they sh- they filmed, I think actually with some desires, I think with they, sh- they, sh- they show us, uh, you know, yeah. getting, on, got, getting on stage and jamming away. Yeah. It's classic, uh, a classic moment for sure. I know, I know Mick was always saying, can't we get that guy forward? You know, like mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does three steps, you know, he does. <laughs> he won't move. <laughs> he won't move. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great moment on your last gig you played where where you grab Cliff Williams and you take him down the rampway and he looked like he was going to explode if you went past a certain point. He was like, no, no, no. <laughs> That's right. The point of no return. I've gone three steps forward, no more. <laughs> Just as we wind down with the last few questions powered by Geico, Brian, I got to ask you, everybody always talks about Angus and the schoolboy outfit and where that came from, but what I've never heard is the origin of your uh, of your fancy hat that you've been wearing on stage for almost every single gig since you joined in 1980. What, where did that come from? Well, it comes from the Northeast, basically, where I was born. <laughs> and just about everybody wore them. And um, I remember I used to get very hot in these working men's clubs. It used to be very hot and sweaty. And I always used to sweat in my eyes. And my brother was there, and he had a fancy sports car outside. But one of them... You know, yeah, break his hats on. He said, "Yeah, stick that on. It'll stop the sweat getting in your eye." And I stuck it on, and all the Geordie boys were going, "Hey!" <laughs> and so I just kept it there, and uh, and uh, it it was, you know, I'm proud of where I come from, and the people up there are kind of proud that I still carry the little badge of where I come from. <laughs> the Geordie, that's, yeah. that's all it is, you know, and. Uh, but honestly, I, I think I, I don't think I could go on without it. No, it's like me blue blanket, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't know what would I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> I think it's uh, <laughs> it, it could be a on my blue blanket. <laughs> <laughs> Last uh, last question for you guys, and this has been a blast. What's, what's your and it's hard to say because I know every song on the new record is, your, is is like your children. But what's your favorite song, Angus, on the new record? And what's your favorite song to play live out of all the songs you guys do? If you had to choose just one, yeah, I think my favorite one on on this album is probably yeah the opening track, Realize, you know, because it was a you know you know for Malcolm it was a you know. Uh, you know, he. I remember at the time he, he he was. It was a kind of track that he, you know, he he worked up and uh, and uh, he'd spent so much time on it at the at the time when uh, you know when he first came up with the idea of it. So yeah, I think uh, that track is probably my favorite. It's amazing that that never made a record before because it's a great song. It is, you know, and. Uh, you know, I just, I just, I always appreciated them. You know, if Malcolm got, you know, his ideas together, he could sit for, for days and, mm. you know, and weeks and, you know, he just yeah. would that riff and play it away and, you know, till he worked out exactly what was going to, you know, what was going to hook, hook together. Yeah. And uh, so I used to always admire his perseverance with it. You know. 
I like with me with my ideas. I'm kind of very quick. I you know I kind of you know I get together a few chords and I go yeah that'll do. I, no, I want the next bit now. Yeah, you know? next song. Next that song. Riff, I want the next yeah. bit. You know, yeah. I, I can't go back there. That, that that's old news. I have to go to the yeah. new song, next part. And this one's for Geico. What's your favorite song to play when you guys play live? Um, there's so there's so many um, to play live. I get well. I get a big kick out of them. Yeah. Well, I know, but it's probably for for Brian because he's got all the chops in it. I love playing Black and Black. You mm. know, yeah, yeah. Just because it's that, you know, you that it, it's almost uh, it's it's like my wife said to me once, you know, about songs. You know, you know how you get instantly if you hear the Stones, you hear Satisfaction, mm-hmm. and you've know, got the little the little guitar hook and whatnot. And I said, well, we got one better. We got it in one. You only had to hear that first one. <laughs> and you know it's exactly who it is, you know? <laughs> you nailed it. That's the truth. <laughs> How about you, Brian? Same question, powered by Geico. Favorite song on the new record, Power Up? Yeah, well, I've got to say, I've got to agree with Angus on a point of realizing all that, but I have got a hell of a uh, soft spot for mists at time, mm. obviously, from Altman Island. But to play live, if you're talking about a new album, we were lucky enough to rehearse about six of them when mm-hmm. we were in Holland, you know, when we were doing a thing. And uh, Demon Fire comes, yeah. comes up pretty good live. Because sometimes songs can fool you, you know, that you, you think, oh, this is a great live song. Yeah. And then a song you didn't think might be great live just turns out to be a real, just natural live song. So, but, uh, but I mean, they were all good. We, we did them all, you know, from kicking when you're down. That's killer, too, yeah. You know, we did, yeah, well, we did them. Vibes on there, it's deceptive. It, it, it's yeah. hung back there. You know, that's to wake you up. You see? Yeah. <laughs> then we kick in the ass when you're not looking. <laughs> you thought it was all safe. And they yeah. go, oh, they're going to put us to sleep. Then boom. Yeah. <laughs> kick in the ass. We realize just when you're thinking. <laughs> that's it, man. Yeah. Demon Fire is one of those classic ACDC songs that could be on Power Up. It could have been on Back in Black. It could be a Bond song. It's just got that attitude <laughs> and that riff to it, you know? Yeah, great stuff. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much, man. It was just a, a great time talking with you. And uh, once again, congratulations on a great new record and great packaging too. The the this one here with the, the little <laughs> box that plays a song and all. Oh, yeah, that. what the hell? Yeah, you yeah, lost that, it. That, that little package. Yeah. What's the hat? You got to be careful with that little package because I put it in the drawers and it goes on itself. That thing. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> That's just when you put your socks in. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we'll get to see you guys very soon, man. And uh, what, a, what a pleasure this was. Thank you so much. And I'll say this. As I get older, I realize that ACDC is the greatest rock and roll band of all time. I really yeah, mean that. You, That's Chris. real nice of you, man. Yeah. That's, That's real nice, Chris. Now, who's the worst? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. where do you want to start? I'm going to read the list right now. Here we go. <laughs> Cheers, lads. Thank you, guys. Okay, Thank you, Chris. Angus, we'll see you, me bunny lad. All you right, take right. care. Okay. I'm kind of <laughs> weird to see these new videos, lad. Woo! All right. <laughs> and everybody listening, and this includes you, Geico, 
Pick up a copy of the new ACDC record, Power Up, today. Oh, yeah. Go to acdc.com and crank it up.